Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D. Subcreation, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for 11Zs. Welcome back to 11Zs. I have been on a little bit of a break, but we are here kicking off with an amazing guest. I am so excited to interview. Today, I get to talk with Josh Carlos. Josh, or you might know him as J.R.R. Jokin from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the social things. Um, So thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm very glad to be uh, here and excited. I'm excited too. And I don't know, amazing. Maybe that's a little little much, but (laughs) I like to have some fun uh, in all those places. Yes, uh, socials. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're here. We'll dive into all the things. But first things first, what is your Elevensies beverage of choice? So, both at uh, the actual hour of Elevensies, usually, but also right now, mm-hmm. got just some black coffee. Black so, coffee. That's mm-hmm. right. I, I enjoy tea. I enjoy, uh, you know, a little bit of the fancier if you a latte or flat white or different things, but typically and especially just around the house black coffee nice that's impressive I tried I tried to go to black coffee for a while and I just I couldn't make myself do it I was like you know there's only so many joys in life <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna force myself to like black coffee <laughs> right yeah I get it I get it I do actually like the taste like if I get to the that's point good. I'm at the I'm at the age where I can't have you know after a certain time I can't have caffeine or it's like well I'm just gonna be up oh me too and so I will I will drink decaf just for kind of like the taste of coffee like and nice. I'll choose that even over tea most times oh yeah um so it's um I don't know if that makes me a little bit different you know actually liking it as because there's like the people who force themselves like it oh, oh for I like sure black coffee because it's black coffee yes and definitely it's like okay really you can <laughs> relax a little bit you yeah, don't have yeah, to. yeah. <laughs> but, nice yeah. very cool well I've already had my one allotted caffeinated beverage for the day it's too late in the day for me so <laughs> I've got a sparkling lime sparkling water thing very nice. that I got yeah. today so Yes. Okay. So first things first, tell me a little bit about yourself and about your story. All right. Well, my name is actually Josh. I've gotten that question before. Um, <laughs> is Josh actually your name? Um, and I wasn't always, I guess it's semi-anonymous on uh, on socials. So I'm not completely or haven't always sure. been. But uh, so I, I live in California, born and raised in the state and grew up in a Christian household and um did all the you know what you'd expect of some of the markers of a a social like a a life that you'd expect right um went to college and went out and you know had plenty of jobs along along the way and uh so through that whole time like i i'm old enough to be somebody who grew up without the internet Mm-hmm. as a kid right mm-hmm. there was no streaming you had to go to blockbuster to get the oh yeah uh, the wall of options and um so none of that but I grew up with the internet mm-hmm. and so along the way along my story I had 
like, I think my first one was like a live journal, right? Um, back, I didn't have a Zanga, but I had a live journal. Nice. And MySpace and Blogger and Facebook and WordPress and everything up till now. Yes. Um, and so kind of grew up with those. And so I've been on Twitter for 15 years. That's crazy. Wow. Um, it just, but I haven't always been doing what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. on there. I just like had a personal account, maybe didn't use it a lot over the years and things. Um, and so another part of my story is along with growing up in a Christian household, I grew up in a household where like reading was really valued, prioritized, and and I gravitated to that, right? Yes. Sometimes you can just not, even though that's what your family's like, and that's great for those types of people, but I was one who did identify with it and really enjoyed it. And a big influence was my grandmother. And she's the one who got me into Tolkien. Nice. So not only did she have like the old animated Rankin Bass and uh Ralph Back to um the like Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and uh Return of the King. Wow. We had all those and so we would watch them. Yes. Which was like, oh my gosh, what is this? This is so <laughs> strange and cool and yes <laughs> all these fantastic creatures and stories um so she had those versions but she also gave me uh the books uh my first set of the hobbit and the lord of the rings came from her and so uh that was a couple of years before the lord of the rings movies came out the peter jackson mm-hmm. live action ones and so i saw those and very like formative experience seeing those as well so those became part of it and so like in using social media not only was I sharing things about like myself personally but then also faith um and being part of like Christian Twitter like weird Christian Twitter and those I think that's where we connected Uh, actually (laughs) right that's probably our connection yes um and so so being part of that but then also just in like using memes there's all kinds of films that visually they're pulling from and um so lord of the rings is is part of that and i just gravitated towards it and it's interesting i think it's one of the ideas that uh, they've kind of like done studies on this observations uh written reports and and all that but when you have you're using social media you share something that is successful however you would measure that successful for you or successful for people tend to kind of lean into that oh people liked that I'm going to share more of it both because of the positive reception but also maybe kind of chasing that and some people like never replicated or different things but um I found that Lord of the Rings was something that because being online in digital spaces I feel like there was definitely for all of us like this time uh where Facebook was just not that weird or bad of a place it was mm-hmm. a new exciting fresh place similar yeah. maybe for twitter and for instagram and everywhere and then slowly over the years you just kind of came to associate those places with like arguing or divisiveness or yeah. uh you know trolling or whatever and, mm-hmm. and maybe it was always like that and we were just optimistic or didn't see it or but i think it has become more of that mm-hmm. so just as i in spaces like Christians online uh I just over the years and we're having the same argument again and again you know like we've developed our own liturgical calendar of arguments that we're <laughs> yeah. having you know, oh my like, goodness oh, it's 
time to debate leggings again. Uh, it's time <laughs> to talk about whether Mary knew or not. Like Seriously. all this again and again. Um, I just, I used to be the type of person who would like argue with people online yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm going to change their mind. I'm going to prove them wrong. And I just got tired of it. You mm -hmm. know, that's not the way that you change people's minds. Uh, it's not the best use of my time. Um, and, you know, bless the people who that's their quote, you know, ministry or those that's their apologetics or whatever, yeah. whatever. Right? Yeah. But I so as I was wearying of that, um, I was finding that Tolkien was something that kind of crossed a lot of divides and where every community that you're going to be a part of in person, online, will have its issues, will have its divides, will have its, you know, things that you'd wish, oh, I wish it was different. Um, so the Tolkien community online is no exception to that, but I found myself gravitating that direction because just the unifying, you know, people who, you don't have to be a person who is born and raised, you know, Republican or die in the wool Democrat mm -hmm. to enjoy Tolkien. You don't have to be a person of faith, although there is a richness there to yeah. enjoy Tolkien. You can be somebody who has never been part of faith or who was and who's left faith either temporarily or forever and still, and you can be somebody in America, you could be someone in India, Australia, anywhere in the world mm -hmm. and appreciate. So I just found this like universal aspect to it and um, uh, something, I just really appreciate the genuineness too of the community that I found of the people who like, yeah, I like to have fun and there's the the jokey fun side, but there's also like people just really love the Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, this whole universe. And so that's something that I do, you know, I've, I'm a fan first and my whole life basically, you know, at various degrees of it, that's what it's been like uh, for me is loving and appreciating it. So getting to share with other people that and um to make those connections with either other people who are creators uh or people who are just fans like i am you know it's just it's great um so that's yeah. kind of wide ranging and i'm sure there's little parts that we can pick out there but um yeah it's a story of i never would have when my grandma you know gave me those books thought oh this is going to be anything more for you than just another you know fantasy series or something that and here it is something that has had a huge impact oh for sure my life. yeah so yeah I love that I love that so much so if you don't know if you aren't following him first of all go do it <laughs> <laughs> but most of the things that you post are like lord of the rings type memes you have some other like meme templates that you kind of go back to but you also have like some christian memes and you weave your faith into that as well and so how has your faith impacted this work that you do in your story overall mm -hmm. um yeah i have like five jokes that i uh, go, <laughs> go back to um and you know i'm not the most creative person i'm not the funniest person i'm not that i don't pretend any of that but you know, I do what I do. And if mm -hmm. you like that, you like it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Tolkien definitely has become like percentage wise, a lot more of what I do for the reasons I just uh, mentioned. But yeah, faith is completely, totally there. And it's not very far 
to go either. Sure. Like yeah. one of my recurring bits that's faith related, you know, the youth pastor voice, you know, mm-hmm. you know who else did this kind <laughs> yes, of thing. Yes, yes. That one's universal too, I think, because everyone has been in one of those sermons where it's like, okay, this is a stretch. You're trying but... to be too relatable. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it, guy. Um, but honestly, you don't really have to go very far without tripping over it in the Lord of the Rings, even though Tolkien famously like disliked allegory For sure. <laughs> and was like, this is not about anything specific like <laughs> World War One or two or Jesus yeah. or, you know, I mean, yeah. there's not like Aslan, this is Jesus, you got to get it, C.S. Lewis <laughs> level of allegory. But also it's like, it's there, it's right beneath the surface. And it's because of part of who Tolkien was, yeah, um, his faith. And so for me, I mentioned Lewis and Lewis has that wonderful uh, quote from his talk essay, Is Theology Poetry? And it goes, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Mm. And so that's how faith like interacts with and influences everything is it's not just like by itself for me, something that I see and interact with directly and believe. And that is like, real like you go outside you look at the sun it is there it's real then you don't look at it too long uh because it'll it's there it's it has an effect on you because it has but it also like it has room in it for everything else like you see everything else because of it and so my faith incorporates and has room in it for all the rest that I do whether it's watching a movie or family time or at work or whatever it is uh, I'm reading about theology science literature they all can be under that umbrella it's it's what I use to interpret everything else so of course it's overt at times but at other times it's just even like informing the way in which I interact like Mm -hmm. I try to not be um in the ways that I'm interacting with people online I try and I I fail you know we I think we all have those stories or examples maybe more so for some of us than others but um of times where it's like man I really got, got wrapped up in that argument or I really let that thing like get to me or I maybe I was too too cutting in that retort or whatever Mm -hmm. but I do try and you know, here's my faith, here's how it impacts how I should live and behave and act and the way I should treat other people, especially other people that I disagree with, like including them, not just the people that I would already like and love, mm-hmm. uh, but what what good is it if I, I love those people, but the people who are harsh or who are to a, a level of uh, enemy or that kind of thing, like how do I, I treat them? So I, I try to have those principles inform you know, and they are forming me, um, but inform my behavior, put bounds to it. Like it's a, not a, I was going to say it's a silly example. It's not, but it's a small example. Yeah. I just try to be as clean as possible mm-hmm. uh, in, in humor. And that's because of my upbringing, which was faith informed, but then also like, I don't want unwholesome talk to come out of my mouth or to be sharing it and now that I have something of a quote platform Mm -hmm. it's even more so like what am I curating what am I sharing to other people and so sometimes that means the latest meme that comes around 
I'm not going to be part of it because yeah. it's like, well, it's just not the type of thing that I would feel comfortable as, as pe if people know that I'm a Christian sharing, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like for sure. To. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to put that online either. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, in every aspect, it has that impact. And also on the level of understanding scripture, understanding kind of the meta narrative of what's going on there, it helps me as I am seeking to interact with other stories, other writing, other, even to the level of memes, pulling things. It's like, how does that relate to what I view as what's really going on in the world or yeah. really is important? Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah. So something that I just kind of put together right now, writing memes is a form of writing. Right. <laughs> like it it yeah. is hard work, even though it, you might be putting forth like 10 words or less, like that is a form of writing, which you've been doing for a while, but you've also started doing more formal writing. Uh, you just started a sub stack, which is great, by the way. I needed to tell you, I read your <laughs> Easter one about uh, Sam talking about, does that mean all sad things are going to come untrue? Mm -hmm. I read that Easter morning and then uh, Easter afternoon, I read the resurrection story from the Jesus storybook Bible to my son. Uh -huh. And in that story, it says, all sad things are going to come untrue with Jesus. Oh, that's so and sweet. I was like, for a second, I would have never put those dots together unless right. I had read your blog this morning. And I said, <laughs> uh, did Lord of the Rings quote the Bible? Because this right. is in the Jesus Storybook Bible. But no, the Jesus Storybook Bible quoted Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Where's that footnote? Yeah. Made my day. It was so great. And it repeats it like two or three times throughout the mm. end of the end of the book, which was really cool. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> So all that to say, uh, you've been doing more formal writing in your Substack, and you mentioned in a recent post that you have been using writing to get through grief. So do you want to speak to that a little, how you've been uh, writing more formally now and how that's helping you? Yeah, totally. Um, first of all, it's interesting, you know, you talking about memes being writing and stuff, because I do have a background, like in college as an English major, um, and just all throughout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that exposure to not just reading, but analyzing things mm -hmm. and formulating them, putting them together, um, and doing uh, grad school as well. And so it's, um, I, I have that background, but then for a long time now, not quite 10 years, but for a long time, I really haven't had an outlet for that. And yeah. it's been only to the level of like anything more than personal. And I really haven't had the time to personally be doing that. Yeah. Uh, maybe partly because of all the time I'm sort of wasting on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe there's a connection there. <laughs> but that has been kind of the extent of my writing, like uh, 140 characters and then sure. oh, 280. Oh, let's put together a couple sentences. Yes. Short ones. <laughs> Um, but it's something that I missed and wanted. And then, so I had been really resistant to email newsletters for a long time. And then it was like, oh, with uh, everything changing in the past year with Twitter, what's going on? Elon Musk buying it. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be around? He's firing everybody. What's happening? You know, yeah. like all that yeah. uncertainty. It was kind of like, what do I do if it's not there? You know, what, mm -hmm. uh, what happens? Um, and so I started it, I, you know, kind of testing out all the different alternatives and 
And this was one that was attractive to me precisely because there was the space to, could still be short um, and sweet, concise, which I feel like is a strength of Twitter. Like having to be concise means it sharpens things. So that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But there are things that are worth even more than a thread that you put together. Yeah. And so in starting a Substack, I thought, okay, here's a chance to still do similar things, but then also take the time to do lengthier explorations, the, exactly the kind of writing that I've been missing. Mm -hmm. So that was the end of last year. I've only been doing it now about six months, mm -hmm. which has been a lot of fun. It's been great. Um, but then about three months ago, which is this I've, I've shared on my Substack, my youngest brother passed away unexpectedly. And just, it's been a, as it, you might imagine, a, a terrible yeah. uh, couple of months. Uh, in the op opening weeks, it was like every day is a kind of new type of hell to go through. You know, yeah. the bad days were hell and the good days were just purgatory. You know, <laughs> like yeah. just, yeah. I know there's suffering, but I'm going to get out of it eventually kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly to me, um, I say surprisingly because in going through grief, you can have, I've learned a lot about it over the past few months. Yeah. Uh, you can have an idea of the, the types of things to expect, but you won't know what your own reactions will be and what you really need in the midst of grief until you've gone through it yourself. Mm -hmm. Because even if you say, oh, that was helpful for someone else that I, you know, and even this thing that I did for somebody else, it went well and they, I helped them in their grief, that might not work for you. Um, everyone grieves in their own way, although there are clear patterns um, in, in grief. And so for me, one of the things that even the day that I, it was the same day it happened, but the day that I found out about my brother, immediately... I needed to put things down in writing. And that was both, like I, I wrote some poetry immediately. I wrote down some like, just this is what's happened, um, how I'm feeling about it. And I think there's a couple different things going on there, at least for me, but that could happen and will do for other people. Sometimes you don't even really know what you're thinking. Even if you're, I'm a, I'm a heavy internal processor, think through things. I all the time am like, wait, I didn't tell you this to somebody, whether it's my yeah. wife or my pastor or somebody that I'm, mm -hmm. you know, in contact a lot with. And it's like, oh, I thought, I assumed I told you because I've been thinking about it so much. Mm -hmm. So I'm very internal, um, thinking analytical a lot, but even for somebody like me, Sometimes you don't know exactly how you feel until you write it and then look at it on the page yeah. or the screen mm -hmm. and say, oh, wow, you know that. And, and it just helps to process in the sense of getting it out and then it's there and you can look at it and then edit, rearrange, move it around. Um, so work through in that way. Then also kind of channeling things. You have your thoughts, you have your emotions, you have your questions, any of those things. And sometimes what helps to process is to 
give those things a, a direction, whether or not they ever see the light of, of day. Like some of those things that I wrote, especially that first day, but even in the time since then, I will never submit to publication or put yeah. um, on my Substack or, you know, they're just too raw and too personal. Mm -hmm. And, um, but other things then, especially when, because there's like, okay, I'm channeling something from myself. I'm looking uh, at what I actually, what actually is happening. You know, I'm, I'm seeing it in a different way because I've written it down or understanding myself in a different way. There's that, but then there's also interacting with other things. So uh, for instance, I read A, a Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. in these past couple months. And I've gone back to, especially the, the end of The Lord of the Rings, the last part of Return of the King, I found it so rich um, in portraits of people who have experienced loss and are grieving and trying to deal in their own ways with what's happened, what they've lived through. Yeah. Um, and how does this new person that you are, because it really is that when you go through something, there's like life defining events, right? Uh, I was just talking with someone the other day who said in this conversation about grief, like they had a, a friend they grew up with who they would just be talking about like their family and they would just offhandedly say like, well, before the fire and after the fire. Uh, and it was just like, here's this thing in their family history that was so like defining that yeah. there was a clear before and after mm -hmm. and kind of a same similar thing with with loss you know it's like well before my brother died and after it's like this is who I was and this is who I understood what I understood the world to be and even how things could go and, and here I am now and I'm a different person a, a person who has experienced more of what it means to really be human because that is one of the things that it means to be human right is yeah. there will be loss for sure. Um, at some point. And so how how does this new person that I am because of this experience, how do I uh, move forward? How do I um how do I live in this world that maybe it hasn't changed, but I have? You know, that's the story of the scouring of the Shire and yeah. uh, the, the hobbits going back is it has changed, mm -hmm. but once they restore it, um they are different people, even as they restore it, they're different mm -hmm. people interacting with, engaging with this place that was home, but they had such different roles in it because of who they were. But now having experienced all that they have, they are no longer able to interact with it in quite the same way. Or, you know, would Sam have ever become mayor of the Shire if he hadn't had these uh, experiences? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm open to arguments either way. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just something I thought of now. For sure. Uh, same thing uh, for Frodo. You know, how would he he would have been able to live the rest of his life in the Shire, but because of the things that he experienced, the wounds and the the losses, he was no longer able to. You know, he saved the Shire, but not for himself. Mm -hmm. And so, different examples of two people from the same place going through very similar things. Uh, Frodo, obviously, much more, but. Mm -hmm. You know, they both go all the way to Mount Doom and, mm -hmm. and back and it changes them, that whole journey. And then how do these new people interact with this new, uh, this the same place effectively? And 
And so in engaging with those kind of things and pulling those kind of observations, then it's something where the writing can be something where I'm making these connections that I never would have before. These things never would have stood out in the same way. They never would have resonated with quite the same meaning as they do. So now I have all of this and can I paint a picture of that? Can I unpack that a little bit for people um, and share it with the hope that somebody, it, it, it'll be what they needed to read. You know, can yeah. I write something that I would have wanted to read in this time? You know, can I, and, and so how writing has both in, in all those ways helped me to process this grief. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm thankful to have a way to share it. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, not sharing everything, but the things that would be appropriate to share, mm -hmm. just a, a way to do that and then interact with people to hear back you know, this is exactly what I needed to read today. Thank yeah. you for that. Or uh, even people messaging me directly, you know, I, I just unexpectedly lost so-and-so mm -hmm. a couple months ago or this week or whatever. And, and then because I'm in it, knowing a little bit of how to interact with and, and help them, it, it just reminds me of Paul talking about in, I believe it's the opening chapter of Second Corinthians of that idea of being able to comfort those with the comfort with which we've been comforted, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Learning because I'm in this situation, I needed comfort. Uh, I was provided it, but now not only am I through that, but I'm better equipped to help and love the people in my life who would have the same need or a similar one, at least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine that loss. I am so sorry that you've been experiencing that but I'm glad that you've been able to find an outlet not only to like process your own feelings but to also connect with others who are in similar situations and I just think that's what makes writing so powerful both like doing it and reading others writing it's it's amazing yeah yeah agreed okay so this next question we've touched on for sure about why Tolkien's works are important to you but I want to open it up a little bit why do you think Tolkien's works are so important to so many people like mm -hmm. it I, I was introduced to it later in life mm, and mm -hmm. it like blows my blows my mind how far it like shot up to like favorite movies of all time or favorite right. books of all time <laughs> and how every time I re-experience them I am crying and like filled with yeah. all of these it's it's crazy so why do you think that is mm -hmm. there are so many good reasons for that I think one of them is everything that he experienced as a person, as an individual, as a human, living through a, a time in the world, and not just living through it, but participating in, you know, being in the trenches yeah. of World War One, um, and and living through just the darkness uh, of his time. You know, there's different, uh, as you're aware, ways of uh, schools of interpretation of texts, right? Do we at all bring the author's life into things? Is mm -hmm. a finished work just only um, like by itself? You can't bring any of that in, in new criticism and author-centric and all these things, right? But my personal view is the things that shaped that person, they're going to have an effect. You know, maybe yeah. you can't draw a direct line, but I mean, he 
there's a reason why he writes so convincingly about these themes, right? Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. saw them writ large in the world around him and he experienced them too. Um, and so there's aspects of, of who he was. There's the, the detail that he went to, like the, the his personality, the, the things that he really got excited about, like just the, the depth and richness of this world of which Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit are just kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, you go down into the, the depths, you know, and start yeah. to dip your toe in the Silmarillion yeah. and all that, <laughs> everything that, that else is there. Um, and it, it just feels real yeah. because of that, because there's that depth and richness in the, you know, in, in one quick little illusion that a character can make there's thousands of years of history behind that. Um, but also, I feel like the work itself connects with people because of his ideas, which you're familiar with uh, because of your handle. <laughs> but his idea of subcreation, right, yeah. of what he was doing, like how he, how Tolkien's faith and impacted his approach to an understanding of storytelling mm -hmm. that God has created the world and created men and women in his likeness and we then can go and create as well yeah that theory making its way into his world like his familiarity with the mythologies not just the events of the Bible, the story, the meta narrative there, but then of uh, all the European and, and worldwide myths and legends, he's pulling from those. He's using them. He's inspired by them. He he knew what, because these are stories that have survived millennia, right? Mm -hmm. So they've got to be mm -hmm. good stories yeah. uh, for some reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, and so he's pulling from them. He knows these are things that make these kind of stories stick around. And so as his direct inspiration, and that's what he was seeking to do in all of this, right, is to give to Britain, to England, the, the mythological past that it really didn't have, at least to the level that he was looking for. And so mm -hmm. I'd say he succeeded because here, here he is. I mean, we're not that far away from the time he was writing, right? Um, sure. And but they have stood the test of time so far because he's doing that at that epic level but then just at a human level there's this connection too i think because it's not just about um the great men of the time right the heroes mm -hmm. we love stories like that because they're exciting and we want to you know step into that role and everything but tolkien's understanding of like providence on the one hand and the fact that like even the the Elrond saying at the Council of Elrond, the along the lines of, you know, oftentimes, sometimes it's the wheels of history are turned by even like the smallest hands yeah. because the attention, the eye of the great is elsewhere. And and then hobbits being so integral key to everything, you know, Tolkien saying we could be part of that too. And and even um you know, there's no one so small that 
it's insignificant what you, you know there's just so many places for us to connect with whether it's oh, yeah. the, it's got the epic scale but it's got the personal touch and you really love uh, the characters the 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 main the core you know? for sure yes um, so I just think that um because of that it, it speaks to the the things that we all at our basis levels maybe even unconsciously are desiring yeah. in our own lives but then also in our entertainment in our um, the stories that we tell to each other he understood a good story and that's part of the genius of what he produced is that he poured all of that into yeah i love that well clearly a big chunk of the internet agrees right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and shares our our passion for for tolkien and his works um so yes. what good and or bad things have you seen come out of your kind of internet fame quote unquote <laughs> yeah quote fame uh, <laughs> infamy no um there have been both, uh, mm. clearly. And uh, one that I've already kind of touched on is all the, the connections uh, that you can make through the internet, people that you never would have met or interacted with or ideas or mm. whether they're on the serious side or the humorous side, you know, just it's you're sharing the wealth, really, sure. um, and, and getting to know people and, and experience. You know, there's so many, there's so many works of art. There's so many whether it's directly inspired by Tolkien or not, uh, so much that is created that's inspired by Tolkien and his works that I'm just like blown away by the yeah. creativity of people, the the intelligence, the everything that goes into producing something that then you share with the world. Uh, so I'm just so thankful for all of that um the negative side i'd say i mean there's like the easy ones like man it just can take up a lot of your time i think yeah, that's <laughs> true. many of us identify with the like why am i still doom scrolling you know <laughs> i definitely have delved too greedily and too deep here um yeah. and so there's that side of it then there's also like just when you have maybe a, a bad interaction with somebody you know whether they don't like what you've done or uh produced or you're arguing and like ah man i said i wasn't gonna do this again or you know whatever mm -hmm. and then it can just like it, it it's popular to think of the internet as like not real you know but it is real like that yeah. interaction was real and it yeah. can have that effect of like oh man now my afternoon or day whatever is just thrown off and then i'm not being a good husband father friend whatever you know mm -hmm. because of this like meaningless ultimately for sure comment or whatever yeah it has uh, a handful of times for me reached the level of like okay this is like not this is not good uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> where people have I, I think I alluded to it earlier not everyone's gonna like what you put out on the internet like you could put a picture of, the, of a puppy on the internet and someone's like why do you hate cats you know like somebody <laughs> exactly is, someone's gonna find something to complain yes. about or be upset about about yes. anything but it can just really get complicated and uh divisive and everything when you when you combine things like faith and politics and current events and all of that oh yeah 
I had a couple years ago and it is the reason because I started out on Twitter mm -hmm. as just me yeah as different handle different you know and I was just having fun making these kind of jokes and um doing similar sorts of things but as me and um I had a, a couple of instances where people like not quite to the level of harassment but like looked up stuff like tried to find me uh, in real yeah. life like I had one time you know I'm not the biggest fan of Donald Trump or the uh yeah. you know I, I grew up in the conservative world and to have watched as the things that I was taught as a, a child moral principles not be applied in the same way was a huge for me like wake-up call and like what for is sure. happening why aren't people you know so that's where I'm coming from and I I understand why people didn't have that same experience or you know we're all products of our environments mm -hmm. and to a certain point we all believe what we want to believe um yeah which is part of the reason it's so hard to change somebody's mind on the internet exactly. uh, let alone in real life yes but um but you know I I had somebody who was really upset uh, with I don't even remember the specific political um commentary joke that I made and uh, they went to the trouble of looking up, finding who my pastor was, emailing them and and trying to get me uh, disciplined by the church. Oh, my gosh. Just as much about what I had said, but also, do you see the kinds of people who are retweeting and liking and sharing oh this as like evidence that it was? And, you know, my pastor at the time, we're not at the same church, uh, but my pastor at the time was kind of- Were like, you exiled because of this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was like very uh, gracious about it with both people, right? With this yeah. like per random person who had tried, he was just like, oh, yeah, like, I, he just was like, oh, well, I know Josh and I'm familiar with him. I don't kind of see, you know, he was oh just, my gosh. he wasn't like, let me, you know, get out of here. Um, yeah, but yeah. then with me, he was just kind of like, let's talk about this. Like, why do you think this is happening? There was mm -hmm. no like discipline. It was just like, well, it still is probably good to like think about some of the principles about how you engage <laughs> on social media and that, you know, so we yeah. had a conversation, but it yeah, wasn't yeah. like, you got to stop or else you're going to sure. be kicked out of the church or different <laughs> things. But, but I mean, that, thing that encounter and one or two others where it was like people going to that level mm -hmm. or something that like okay I get that you disagree with me yeah. like but you don't have to follow me you know mm -hmm. you can yeah. and, and there's plenty of you know I'm not the only one saying anything like this and yeah. to the extent that other people do or but I mean it it freaked me out it freaked my wife out to this the extent that uh, the point of it like just okay this person went to this link what other person out there is there that's going to go to the next for sure when for is sure. this so at that point I kind of made the shift to like semi-anonymity yeah um where it's like yeah I'm still Josh and a lot of people who have been following me like I didn't start a completely new account or mm -hmm. anything you know just change the handle um making it a little bit harder for people who don't know me Mm -hmm. other than they found this meme that they don't like to look up or find anything about me so yeah, that's that's definitely sure. on the in the negatives the cons there <laughs> yeah my gosh but, but yeah 
but another um pro that i that i didn't mention yet is just the the chance the opportunity and now excuse to actually like do some writing you know yeah. like i this is like a a long and kind of backwards way to get back into it um <laughs> but i've really enjoyed just having the you know excuse all right well i got a newsletter this week so i got to sit down and write it yeah. you know that that just helps so being able to have a creative outlet whether it's sure. 10 words captioning a meme mm-hmm. uh, you know or a thousand in a newsletter so yes definitely so on that topic do you have any practical tips habits or routines that help you tell or live or meme a good story <laughs> memeing a good story uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah how do you it's, how do you come up with your meme <laughs> right yeah uh well even I don't understand that no um <laughs> I think one of the things, the the tips that kind of talked about a little bit with Tolkien himself is to tell a good story, whether it's in your life uh, or in a meme or somewhere in between, you need to know what good stories are. Yeah. Um, it yeah. helps anyways. And so the first place for me is scripture, mm-hmm. the, the story of scripture and what is a good life? How do you even what basis do you have for evaluating whether something's good or not? And how do you, uh, so, and, and Jesus ultimately, right? Jesus is where everything goes back to, right? The center um, and the one that, you know, Tolkien's idea of the, the true you catastrophe, that all these joys, all these good uh, climaxes, all these, um, Whenever there's something that that turn that brings tears to your eyes because it's an unexpected joy or mm-hmm. resolution, like they're all legend has entered history, yeah, become fact, right in Jesus, and so ultimately that. But then if you're writing, what are the stories that you connect with? What are the ones where and why? You know, think, sit down, think about what are those things that um that I, I can't find anywhere else or that for the same reason as something else you know what are the strands there so no no good stories a n o w no good stories um and you know as a writer read voraciously or watch stories or listen to stories and i think authenticity in telling a good story like don't try and be somebody that you're not. There's a difference between like admiring somebody and then like, they're nothing like me, whether it's my style or my personality or whatever, but I'm going to change everything about me to be like this person. Like I, for me anyways, that's, I don't think that's going to work. So know what good stories are, be authentic in telling them, tell the truth, um, whether it's, pointing to it through humor or just being explicit, you know, just yeah. putting it out there. Um, and practice. Uh, I think, so a couple of things go into that, like in living a fa- uh, a good life, living a faithful life, like being, showing up, being consistent, whether you're helping to set up events, what you're at a, a church or your writing group or whatever, like just keep going, keep plugging away, be faithful and consistent. Like, especially in our age of the age of influencers, uh, <laughs> you know, 
virality and internet fame you think yeah oh I just need my big break and that'll be a good story and it's like that happens to some people but not to most people mm -hmm. most people like what does success look like and for me I think it's really success is faithfulness is being consistent and showing up and that's a yeah. good story that's the best story I think is just being somebody that other people can count on um that show up like you can aim for bigger things don't get me wrong but while you're waiting you know don't wait for that big break and then yeah. say oh you know like now I need to be the type of person that <laughs> would show up or, or whatever you know um yeah. so and then so faithfulness in writing is to like be consistent like that's really helped me so much is like Wednesday nights maybe I've put material together or been thinking about it already or doing research or whatever but the newsletter's Thursday. So sit down. I've got that time blocked out. Yeah. And then just write. And then the more you write, the more you'll have written and you'll become that expert or at least better at what you are. So the more you are... write, the more you'll have written. I love that. <laughs> exactly. It's so simple, but yeah, right. And you gotta <laughs> you gotta get through. I'm not a salesman, I but I had a sales job for about six months when I realized I was not a good salesman. <laughs> yeah. But one of the principles that I learned in that short time was, and this is applicable whether you're talking about evangelism or you're trying to uh, grow your subscribers to a newsletter or your socials or mm -hmm. you're trying to pitch to magazines or articles or you know a book proposal or whatever. Sometimes it takes 99 no's to get to the the hundredth yes. Yeah. yeah. And if you give up at 78, you know, like, and just because the person next to you on number four got to that person who said yes or yeah. who, whatever yeah. you're, so just being, getting through all of the no's in order to get to the yes. Yeah. Is, and so that whole, like, you know, just the more that you write, the the more you'll have written, you know, like just that. I don't, I don't want it to be that simple because that's hard work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to then sit down and actually do the writing or I yeah. have to go through all of the no's that I don't like mm -hmm. all the rejections or all of the being ignored or whatever mm -hmm. to get to that a hundredth, you know, but it's like, just do the work, be faithful keep you, you know, honing your craft or skill or whatever. And you'll be eventually at a point where you can at least look back and be proud of the work that you did, even if you didn't end up where you wanted to be, or maybe you got way past where you wanted to be. Yeah. But um, I think uh, that's, you know, the, the cliche, it's not about the destination but it's about the journey mm -hmm. but yes. all cliches there's a little truth there. <laughs> there's a reason there's they're little, cliches <laughs> right exactly yeah so don't miss that yeah. journey because of the focus on the destination for sure that's good okay sidebar question I have to ask so did you happen to take a Tolkien class in college or do you just like study all of his stuff in depth for fun I did have okay. the <laughs> opportunity to take a Tolkien class cool. in college it was really um we needed a couple you know capstone yeah. classes for our degrees and one of them happened to be on Tolkien and awesome. so I and I had already had the professor for a few classes and enjoyed him and everything so that was 
really great. Um, but I'm by no means like an expert or anything. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm still working through certain things for the first time. You know, I've like, there's the, the experts and fans who are like, oh yeah, well in letter 53, he does this. And, oh, you know, for sure, it's for like, sure. <laughs> uh, this is the first, I'm reading through his letters for the first time this year. Yeah. Um, cool. And not very quickly because <laughs> life is full. And yes, so, yes. But uh, you know, uh, I'm no expert. I'm a fan, but yeah, I maybe have a little more time and experience that I've been able to give towards this than, than some others. Yeah. So yeah, I did have one. That's cool. Yeah, me too. That's what got me into everything. I think I watched Lord of the Rings for the first time, like the same semester I took the Tolkien oh, class. Okay. And so awesome. it like all exploded in that one semester. And I right. based my entire writing persona off of <laughs> all these Tolkien terms that I learned in class. So you sang like some creations and you catastrophe. I was right. like, you took a class, didn't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we I think we did read on fairy stories in yeah. that class, but I might have read it already at that point, but still. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Who else has a story that has impacted you who you might love to hear share their story on this podcast? A very good question. Um, and there's a couple different categories of stories that have resonated with me or connected with me so um on the like comedic side of things I think one person you know a moonshot sort of guest is the type of person like Stephen Colbert right who yeah. comedy completely his thing yes. um and but then the Lord of the Rings like he there's an expert out there you know he's <laughs> he's in the top top group there yes um and especially like his satire with the colbert report like i was thinking about that the other day like oh wow some of my persona is a little bit you know inspired by that yes. nice. um bringing things to the absurd conclusion right mm -hmm. um yeah and illustrating things that way um so that's kind of a moonshot one but also like Matthew E. Pierce from Twitter. Yes. He is somebody who like for a long time before I had become, you know, this level of whatever it is that I am. <laughs> um, he was somebody who really influenced me. And I yeah. just he's also got a substack and his articles that he sends in those like, oh my goodness. I it's like every time I'm like, how does he do it? How does he? <laughs> it's just so good. That's awesome. Um, I need to subscribe so to him. Yeah, and he'd be somebody I'd be fascinated to uh, hear and answer some of these questions. Yeah. Um, like personally and relating to faith, I, I just my immediate thought was like Russell Moore and Beth Moore, like that kind mm. of level. Somebody who that was their kind of ex similar experience, like a person whose journey took them on, you know, because that's that's part of my story, but it's not the part of my story that I share at the forefront. Yeah. Um, uh, growing up within that conservative faith and conservative politically mm -hmm. environment, and then having kind of some tensions exposed between them from your perspective. And how do you navigate that and choose that? Somebody in that vein, they're the people who came to mind. Um, yeah. And then I just thought about like Lord of the Rings, too, specifically on on Twitter, um, at least the first one, she's on Instagram and other places too, but T with Tolkien, she's, yes. I, I think she'd be great uh, to hear from on all of this because 
again, similar like Matthew uh, Pierce, who I, you know, as I was kind of getting started with things, I kind of looked to him. I I looked to Caitlin as that kind of like Tolkien person in my in my feed like, yeah, kind of yeah, as an yeah. influence and as a um so I think she'd be great uh and also the wonder of Tolkien um Tolkien wonder uh he's more recent in the last couple of years but I just think that his uh combination of faith and Tolkien would be a really interesting one too nice so. yeah well I'm taking notes there you go. Uh, I'm so close to Beth Moore I'm like a couple hours away <laughs> yeah. we can if we can make that happen <laughs> Oh, there you go. That'd there be great. Go. Easy, easy. <laughs> I'll just pop on by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your uh, gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be like, hello, I'm here to interview you. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what books, movies, and shows that are not by Tolkien <laughs> have inspired you personally, creatively, and spiritually? Well, someone who, in all three of those categories, that has already mentioned, uh, already been mentioned, that had that influence on me with C.S. Lewis and probably earlier than Tolkien and through high school and college, like to a greater extent. Oh yeah. Tolkien yeah. For me, uh, was a huge, huge influence, obviously starting with uh, Narnia and uh, mere Christianity, but mm -hmm. things like the space trilogy. Oh yes. The four loves and the screw tape letters, like that satire, um, just the, the voicing and the, they're, they're just, a brilliance there uh but then even like especially till we have faces mm -hmm. uh, just mm -hmm. so many ways that his creativity and faith and writing had this impact of here's somebody in all of those categories um so he's a huge influence on me inspiration for me i uh obviously things like the Once and Future King by T.H. White. I loved reading that. So, the, you know, the Arthurian kind of stories and, yeah. and legends and Marilyn Robinson. Uh, just, I love her prose. Uh, so Gilead, but then the whole rest of the Gilead uh, literature universe that she's got going on, the other yes, books yes. that take a place at the same time. Um, and Salman Rushdie, Midnight's Children, and some of his others. And, wow. and I could go on and on. This is, you know, my literature background here, but Jane Austen and Charles Dickens and Shakespeare. And oh, Shakespeare, yeah. Oh, all yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so that's like books. Again, go on and on there. Movies. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially the first one, episode four, um, just that hero's journey. I think mm -hmm. that I saw it at an age where it just kind of imprinted those ideas, yeah. that progress and story. Um, but then I just loved being part of And I do. I am just a fan, I guess, in that <laughs> realm. At <laughs> for this sure, point, for so, sure. but, uh, so Star Wars, uh, The Princess Bride. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Yes. I think because it is a book and I love the book, but the mm -hmm. movie the ideas of how to adapt something translate it mm -hmm. visualize it and it's just there's one of those where there's like no wasted scenes there's oh, no yeah. wasted like pure story art genuine but funny comedy definitely um and then like a more recent one is a hidden life terrence malick's uh just because like how does it, it's also us the examination of a small person 
in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. right? But how do you, what does a faithful life look like when the consequences are very serious? Yeah. Um, it's a, literally a matter of life and death, similar to the story of Bonhoeffer, I would think um, in a lot of ways, but different in the sense of, you know, you're just a person caught up in the grand drama going around you. What yeah. does, what does faithfulness look like? Um, and then shows just a lot of uh, classic, classic comedies, Seinfeld, Cheers, Frasier, The Office, you know, the all Office. those, but uh, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, meant, I mentioned it earlier, but the Colbert Report, like I said, I was thinking about this earlier, just that, you know, combination of satire, current events and, um, and yet, and nerdiness uh, for sure for sure <laughs> all of those so I you know I I could go on but there's a lot of uh, those that I pull from or can make occasional references to that are still oh yeah they're not Tolkien but sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot Who of those could be right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those are widely loved too though as well yeah which is mm -hmm. which is great all right, wrapping up here. Is there anything that you want to add or reiterate from this conversation? I don't know about add, but reiterate just as we've been talking, that theme I feel like uh, what a good story looks like. Um, that's a great question to be asking as we're living our lives, right? What, what mm -hmm. does a good story look like? And those answers, they'll take us places um, that are worth going. So thank yeah. you for asking that I question, that. getting me thinking about it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. All right. Last question. Where can we find you and your work on all of the, all the social things? Right. Well, on most of the socials, I'm Josh Carlos, Josh. That's a William Carlos Williams reference. Ah, yes. Love um, it. Love it. Yeah. Because the first time I ever went viral was a, uh, this is just to say parody. Um, nice, nice. so that's why I have a soft spot for that Twitter meme that really doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> but just exists. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, Josh, Carlos, Josh, and then on Substack, it's J.R. Jokin, which is like the display name that I have most places. Yeah. Uh, most sure. of the time I'll change it seasonally or, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, J.R.R. Jokian.substack.com. Oh. joking with token joking with token. <laughs> yes <laughs> i love it well thank you so much for being on this was great getting to chat with you and uh hear a little bit more from behind the the face of jr joking <laughs> right. yes. thank was... you so much for having me i really enjoyed it and uh yeah any chance or excuse to talk about Tolkien and oh yeah for sure having fun <laughs> online <laughs> yeah. yes jumped at the chance so thank you for having me and for the thoughtful questions and enjoyed the conversation yeah me too yay thanks for joining me for 11z's if you liked what you heard please leave a review subscribe tune in each thursday and tell your friends you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at KDSubCreations and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.